Philly, you are so wonderful and interesting. You deserve a local news podcast all your own. Check out the John Cast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio in depth. I'm Matt Leon. Since Russia's invasion of Ukraine, there's been a lot of discussion about and focus on Russian oligarchs. And that led us to want to dig into what exactly is an oligarch? How is an oligarch defined? And is this strictly a Russian thing? For this conversation, we caught up with Dr. Lisa Balioni. She is a professor of political science at St. Joseph's University. So I'd like to start with a simple question. Kind of define oligarch for me. An oligarch is a wealthy individual who has political power. We think about oligarchies as systems of rule in which the wealthy have power to rule with with the intention to rule in what's in their own best interest. And so that's what the problem is. The system of government, if it's an oligarchy, consists of wealthy folks with power for to serve their own interests. And the idea of an oligarchy, the idea of an oligarch, I personally have ever only seen it attached to Russia. But this is not like this is not something that has been created to define the Russian system, correct? Right. It has its roots in the ancient Greeks. So it goes back, you know, uh, centuries in thinking about what are the the different forms of rule. Uh, and, and back then you had people comparing aristocracy where you had the, the gifted, uh, the chosen, the, the bright who are supposed to rule with their ideas of what's best for all. Uh, democracy where you had the idea of the people having the power to rule and the oligarchy where you see the wealthy ruling for a wealthy class interest. Now that those ideas, you know, continue. And certainly in the 19th century, again, we see them return with people like Marx. Uh, and, and then obviously in the early 20th century, Lenin uh, talking about the ways that uh, a particular class rules and the wealthy class, the, the capitalist class, they rule in their own interest. Uh, in the 20th century, after World War II even, you see a whole nother set of uh, contemporary scholars who talk about the, the, the way that even democratic systems with capitalism have become or create their own oligarchies that, that grab control. And it depends uh, various scholars, the extent to which their arguments are consistent with Marxism or talking about the flaws that can be reformed without having to smash the state. So yes, there's a long tradition of worry about uh, the wealthy getting power to, to, to rule and to control in their own interests. And while this is you know, we just established it's not a just a Russia, but this the government with Vladimir Putin at the head right now. I mean, this really is a prime example of the of uh, oligarchy. Well, what's what's interesting is that the oligarchs in Russia, they have their money and their connections 
because of their their support for and their loyalty to Putin. Um, and if they cross him, they lose it. So it's a it's a little bit different because the 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 entity, and in this case, Russia is is so centralized. So it does, and this doesn't have to be this way, but it does come down to an individual. The individual who controls, in a sense, the rule of law <laughs> um, and whether and how the law will be interpreted is Putin. So, so the oligarchs rule and assert themselves at his pleasure. Whereas in other uh, systems, in other critiques, you see more of this idea of the oligarchs establishing a rule of law that asserts their class interest and that they can manipulate the law for their own benefit. Whereas right now, so, so in the 90s, you, get, you got in, in Russia, for instance, you got a class of people who, who amassed enormous fortune because they took advantage of the absence of the rule of law to grab assets, the best assets, in the Russian economy. And Yeltsin allowed that. Yeltsin and his advisors, they hoped to, they want, they believed that private ownership was going to move Russia quickly to a market economy and democracy. When Yeltsin uh, left power, Putin came in and basically replaced all those oligarchs with people that were close to him. Um, some of them were like his childhood friends, some of them were people that he had had. Um, he knew from his past in, in the security services. Some of them were other folks he found along the way. But again, so Putin removed folks, um, you know, some of the most egregious or the, mo the, one, the examples that people talk about are his taking control of, of the um, media empires of some and then uh, um, the Yukos oil Baron Mikhail Khodorkovsky in 2003, where he not only takes his, his company, but he sends Khodorkovsky to jail for 10 years. Um, so my point is that you have this rule of an individual who creates these thieves that everybody knows are temporary because the rule of law in Russia doesn't prevail to protect them. It is, it is the rule of an individual who can interpret the law any way he wants. So oligarchs in settings where they have a rule of law, so these powerful people um, that have enormous wealth, that where their wealth can be protected by the rule of law, um, that becomes, they have in many ways, more independent power. That's why you, you've seen uh, more stories recently especially with the, the dumping of data that came out of those, the, all the P papers, the Panama papers, uh, the Paradise papers, the Pandora papers. And you see the oligarchs, whether they're Russian or wherever they're from, wanting to invest money uh, to, first of all, get their money out of their Russia or where else, and invest it in places that have a rule of law uh, that will protect their money and hiding it uh, from folks that might be looking forward to tax it. Time for a break. We will continue our conversation with Dr. Lisa Balione right after this. This is KYW News Radio in depth. 
And we're back continuing our conversation with St. Joseph's University Professor of Political Science, Dr. Lisa Balioni. So I'm curious, with given all this, it seems to me you can make a pretty strong argument for uh, a handful of people that could be considered American oligarchs, because when you consider a pay people that have vast power in their own interests, you know, you think of, you know, people that put stuff on Twitter and there's a stock tanks 20% and stuff like that. You know, what is the difference? Is it just that we don't like to consider ourselves? We consider ourselves above this because a lot of what you say kind of seems to fit the definition. Yeah, absolutely. And and this is, I, mean, I think this has been the message of Bernie Sanders. This has been the message of Elizabeth Warren and even folks, populists on the right, um, who want to go after particular people like like Bezos, see them as too powerful as perverting democracy. Um, and and so, yes, absolutely. it's it's Americans have this belief that we have a fair system and that people achieve their wealth through their ideas and their entrepreneurship and their risk taking. But folks will will say on the left will say, my goodness, they 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 take advantage of the things that the state has created as well as they take advantage of loopholes. And people on the right will often say, you know, they they're uh, they are abusing uh, certain rights privileges to to air their or and to assert their their opposition to our our ideas of rights. And it seems to me that oligarchy, whether in part or in whole, rarely ends well. <laughs> yeah, well, it's interesting. Some historians talk about how within this country, you know, we could see oligarchy uh, taking shape again in the aftermath of the Civil War, right? in the creation of the railroads and then communications technology and the big food industry. And then you get to the early 20th century and you have the progressive reforms, which of course, you know, start us on the way, but then we have to have the, we have to have the depression for then different reforms to come in, in the, in the thirties and into the forties. But then the argument is those reforms were chipped away in the excitement in the early 80s, this belief uh, that we can link to Thatcher and Reagan, that the administrative state, the regulations had gone too far, workers and unions had become too powerful. And so to revitalize the economy, we have to strip away those regulations and allow capitalism to take, to, to re, to re, ignite the incentive structure. And with the fall of the Soviet Union and that, that idea that really it's freedom and economic um, economic freedom that will that will push economies forward. It just it just becomes the dominant idea of uh, worldwide. I mean you can see it in the kinds of economic reforms that go out 
to the global south, which are restructuring after their after debt crises, and then of course the the ideas that go to to the old Soviet bloc, and even the Chinese are looking at ways to free up their markets. But they, you know, there's this excitement for the market without an understanding of the kinds of state structures that I would argue you need to discipline the market and to to protect it from the abuse of the oligarchs or of the creation of oligarchs who then can come back and use the system to assert power. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio in depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.